Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are talking about the story of Joseph. Was he a nice guy? Was he a good guy? Was he maybe a little bit of a jerk? I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Chris Winterman. And I'm Haley Kesterson. So join us as we go deeper. All right, so we're in the story of Joseph that begins somewhere around Genesis 37, and it runs through uh, most of the rest of the book of Genesis. Uh, and I know that y'all have some particular thoughts about the story and the characters that are in it and, and how Joseph interacts with the people in the story. So who's going to shoot first? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm happy to shoot first, um, and I think that it's kind of important before we even get into chapter 37 to look at where Joseph is coming from, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not too far in the story to just give a quick synopsis that the world was created, then there was the Lord grieved because people were wicked and everything was destroyed, right? And this line that comes from Noah ends up talking about Abraham. And we really have, from chapter 12 to the end of the book, mm -hmm. talking about this same line, this yeah. family, in which the coming king is going to one day eventually come from. So we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the life of Jacob is kind of shady, as in most characters in the Bible. <laughs> but we see Jacob as this deceiver and this heel grabber. And right before a little more introduction into Joseph, we see that, you know, his sister gets raped. And there's this weird scene where Jacob and his favorite wife, Rachel, is mm -hmm. having another son. And Rachel's dying wish is that she names the son Benoni. And, or Benoni, Benoni. Okay, where is that? Um, so we're looking at chapter 35. Okay. Um, verses 16 and on. Mm -hmm. We have verse 17. The midwife says to Rachel, Do not fear, for you have another son. So she already had Joseph. Mm -hmm. She's having another son. And... As her soul was departing, because she was dying, verse 18, she called him Benoni. And I don't even know if I'm saying that right. but It looks correct to yeah, me. Yeah, a best guess. Mm -hmm. But the father, so, but Jacob called him Benjamin. So, we have Jacob on some ups and downs of good moments with God, and then where he's just really sketchy. Mm -hmm. And this one in particular, he doesn't really grant his favorite wife's last dying wish to name the son what she wanted. <laughs> and so we kind of have this like, okay, Jacob, what's going on with mm -hmm. you? Um, and then we have some information about Esau and we're introduced to Joseph more in depth at the age of 17. Right. So when we look at the sketchiness of the family in general, particularly Joseph's father, we don't really know what to expect from Joseph. His family doesn't have a good track record. Mm -hmm. Is he going to be a good character or a bad character? Or is he going to fluctuate a lot like his father? And the first in-depth story 
we have of him is him telling his brother about some dreams that he had. Yeah. So I don't know, Pastor Chris, if you want to go talk about those dreams. <laughs> some some interesting dreams, aren't they? Right. Well, I I guess this would make me Greedo because Han did shoot first. We all know that. <laughs> Um, well, you know, the, the, the dream thing is interesting, and it, it leads into a question, a, a point of divergence that some people have mm-hmm. in the story of Joseph. Right. And the beauty of Scripture is that different people can read it, and while there are certain things that are concrete, certain things that are orthodox, 100% foundational to the faith, there are other mm-hmm. things that we can arrive at different conclusions. Right. So these dreams and along with the coat that Joseph's father gives him are the catalyst to really jumpstart the story of Joseph. But again, right here, it splits off. Joseph is given these dreams and this coat and, and he wears the coat around and it's this beautiful, it's this opulent coat and it's a sign of being favored by his father. And that makes his brothers jealous. I think of this as like a 90s denim bedazzled color. (laughs) I mean, when you see this jacket, you're like, this dude has some favor. It's not him. I'm going to go earlier than you. It was like the corduroy billabong jacket from from when we were in middle school. Uh We're dating ourselves now. Mm, Yeah, but everyone's living in poor mundane colors, like Mm. black and white. You're looking at fabric and cloth that... Is really lame. Uh-huh. And, and now Benetton s- comes on the scene. Right. And then right. you see this and you're like, wow, those dyes and colors are expensive for this time and this dude's important. So right. he's definitely favored. Uh-huh. But in his dreams, he has two different dreams that, that are basically the same substance. Mm-hmm. Both the dreams imply that his brothers will bow down to him one day and then even his father and his mother. Yeah. And Joseph shares the dreams with his family and, and he's ridiculed because of it and eventually the dreams and the code etc they lead to his brothers in in a fit of jealousy and bitterness beating him up stripping him throwing him in a well intending to kill him but then deciding to sell him off yeah. so right here he here's a question that people diverge on some people say joseph was simply an innocent victim mm-hmm. because dreams were something that were given by god in that day and if god gave you something like that you were supposed to share it with the people around you and his father gave him the coat and he didn't do anything to deserve any of this right other people read it and were like no you know he was kind of showing off he was kind of a braggart so that kind of brought this about mm-hmm. and then we see this uh we see this series of events in the life of joseph where Things happen to him, and it just seems to continue to get worse for the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter what he does. Right, mm-hmm. right. So what do you think, Haley? Yeah, so I think it's really important. We can look at chapter 37, mm-hmm. and let's just talk about some of the language and how Joseph presents these dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see if we think he was trying to be arrogant or not so he has this first dream after it's already said that he's been favored which coming from the mind of a youth director Mm -hmm. i read the first four chapters of this and i think 17 year old boy he was loved more than the other sons which again would be another fault of jacob Mm -hmm. i asked my youth if there's always a favorite child if they think their parents have a favorite child and they all said yes but they think that their parents have a favorite child Uh. and 
he's gotten this coat. So in my mind, just reading, I'm already thinking, this dude's cocky. He's like the jock at the school and the star of the team, and he thinks he's all that. And then... Verse 5, now Joseph had a dream, 37 verse 5, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. This is what he said, hear this dream that I have dreamed. And then he goes, we were, behold, we were binding sheaves and basically yours bowed down to mine. So those words, hear this dream I have dreamed, which is a pretty accurate translation. He didn't say, listen to this dream God gave me. Or, you know, I'm so blessed that God gave me this dream. Hear this dream I have dreamed. Mm-hmm. Does that sound cocky, Pastor Chris? I don't know. Of course, he does in in my translation, he does use the word please. He says, mm-hmm. please listen to this dream which I have had. Ah, okay. And so so he is asking. And maybe it's just a, hey, listen to this. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so not to not to get too far ahead, but if you fast forward in the story, mm-hmm. we see this dream thing come up again. Oh, right. Yeah. Jo- Joseph is forgotten in prison. Mm-hmm. He he interprets a dream from one of the one of Pharaoh's prisoners for him. Yeah. Which for, for, for two people actually. Yeah. One of them's executed. The other one's restored. Just as Joseph said, the dreams yeah. mean. Well, Joseph gets forgotten for years. Mm-hmm. And then Pharaoh has a dream that nobody can interpret. And Pharaoh's panicked. He, he's really freaked out. And, and Pharaoh's dreams are scary. Like yeah. sick, pestilence-looking cows eat up all the other cows and just mm-hmm. weird, weird, crazy stuff. Yeah. So he calls Joseph out because the guy who got released said, hey, Pharaoh, I remember a guy in prison who interpreted my dream. Maybe he can do it. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh calls him, says, okay, I've heard you can interpret dreams. Go. Joseph says... You got to understand, interpreting dreams is God's business. Yeah. Joseph didn't take the opportunity to say, well, yeah, of course I can do it. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. He immediately defers to God and he says, but I'll go and pray to God and I'll ask mm-hmm. God for the interpretation. Now, we can look at that one of two ways. Either A, that's consistent with Joseph's character, or B, maybe he was cocky early on and then the experiences have humbled him. And led him to realize, you know, I, I better give more credit to God than I did earlier on. Mm-hmm. And I think either way might be okay. Because again, that to me, that's the beauty of it is, is when, when, when it's not just crystal clear, we can find ourselves in different ways in the Bible stories. That, that's the beauty of the scripture to me is we find ourselves in the story. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I've been the cocky one and I identify with Joseph because I've, I've suffered because of that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I've been, honestly, the victim. I, I've not done anything wrong yeah. and had bad things done to me. And I can identify with Joseph in that way. And either way, we still come, I think, to the same outcome. Right. Well, and I think one of the things that we notice here uh, with Joseph is he's pretty young compared to his other siblings. And clearly... Jacob loves Joseph the best. I mean, that's that's pretty evident. We we can see that that's a character flaw in Jacob. And I think maybe one of the character flaws that we see at this point in Joseph is instead of resting in that 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 he's just a part of this great family, he knows that Jacob's love for him is putting a wedge between him and his brothers, and so he is 
maybe seeking to try to remove that wedge and try to gain the favor of his brothers. I mean, he goes and looks for his brothers after they leave. Right. And, and even still, like if we want to jump way ahead in the story, mm-hmm. <laughs> way too far, we'll get way ahead of ourselves real quick. Um, Joseph is, uh, he is grieved when he sees his brothers come to Israel or to, to Egypt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he has to, Give me a minute. I got to go into the other room and cry. Right. You know, because he a is, couple times that yeah, happens. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think there's there's maybe a little bit of both. There there's yes, Joseph wants to prove I'm I'm good and everything. You know, so here I'm going to talk about these dreams to y'all, but his brothers take it the wrong way. Right. Yeah, we all know younger younger siblings always are trying to prove themselves to the older siblings. Right. <laughs> me, I just when I was younger, I just didn't like my sister. Which we get along great now. <laughs> there, I mean, this will not be the first instance in the scriptures so far, even just in 37 mm-hmm. chapters of sibling rivalry. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a common theme. It and, starts at the beginning. Right. Yeah. It's at the very beginning. And so I think maybe we talk about these dreams a little more. I'd love to touch on one of fathering um, aspect of Jacob when Joseph tells him these dreams. And then we can move to a next instance in Joseph's mm-hmm. life and see if we're seeing maturity over him. So in particular in this chapter 37, he mm-hmm. gives that dream, here this dream I've had, and then he has another. And if you present a dream and your brothers are getting mad at you, he's he's either taking that and kind of reflecting, how can I present this better? How can I not be so cocky? Or he doesn't care. But But Jacob has a really good fathering moment. And he has another dream, and Joseph says, Behold, here's the dream I have. And then Jacob says, What are we to just all bow down to you? You think even your mother and I will bow down to you? And then he kind of tells them that that's not really right, Mm -hmm. the way that you presented that. And I think that's a really good fathering moment and possibly one of the learning moments that we're going to see Joseph develop maturity over time. And I love the fact, too, at the beginning of the story that he was out pasturing the flock with his brothers, his, like, concubines or sister wife things. I don't know. Whatever Jacob had of these Mm -hmm. multiple wives, he's pasturing the flock with the middle children, um, the Mm -hmm. ones that are not, I guess, of highest view. So there is some humility, I think, that Jacob's trying to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, I put that into youth ministry, and I want every parent to make their child have a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I can pick out the ones that have a job. Yeah, They are more mature. They're more responsible. There's a certain level of learning and humility if you kind of put your child to work mm-hmm. and and teach them and teach them humility and we're going to see Joseph matures quick and he has to at a young age see now doesn't if i if i'm remembering right when Jacob te- or when Joseph tells the dream to his father and his father kind of corrects him but isn't there a little verse in there that says something to the effect of but Jacob kind of kept those things in his heart in his mind he 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 considered it. He molded over. Um, I, 
it, it, are we finding it there? Um, uh, I could be entirely and mistaken. And his brothers were jealous of him. Mm-hmm. But his father kept the saying in mind. See, so so Jacob Jacob knew that these dreams were from God. Right. He, he and and Jacob Jacob if anybody has had experience with mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. it's Jacob, the one who still is limping to this day right. yeah. because wrestled he wrestled him. with God. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I, I'm I'm curious there too, why didn't Jacob outright acknowledge, "Hey, this is from God." And it, and it's obvious that God has given this to you. Mm-hmm. Because I, he he knew there was something he to did. that. He did, and he could have said it, but maybe it was a teaching moment of teaching humility um, and knowing that later in life he's going to learn these are from God and I need to learn how to present them properly and with love and care. It's a good lesson to all of us, especially those who grew up in the church. We don't know necessarily better than, than people who didn't grow up in the church or that we think maybe don't know as much as us about the Bible or the right way to live. There's a way we present that, you know? See, for, for me, Joseph is one of my favorite stories because uh, the way I see it, the coat was given to him. The dreams were given to him. Mm-hmm. He resisted Potiphar's wife. He gave the right interpretation. And consistently, I feel like Joseph is punished for doing nothing wrong or even further for doing the right thing. And so the the message that I always draw out of the life of Joseph is you're not always responsible for what happens to you, but you absolutely have control over how you respond to it. And Joseph's response to me is always the moral high ground. It's always Mm -hmm. the right thing. And in a world where things can happen to you at any time mm-hmm. because of free will, I think it's easy to say, well, this happened to me, so I deserve this. Right. Or I should be able to respond this way. Mm-hmm. But for me, Joseph doesn't. He always and only responds, in my opinion, with humility and and with concern for the right thing to do. But now that that kind of takes us to his older brothers. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, and even his younger brother too, but his brothers in Egypt. So mm. what, Haley, you want to give us the, 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 the rundown of that encounter, <laughs> that, that wild encounter. Sure. So we're talking about, so we're skipping past Potiphar encountering Potiphar's wife. And then yeah. Joseph said, no. Yeah. Right. There we go. <laughs> right. Joseph said no. He did the right thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. It's the first instance of like, I guess, sexual harassment that we see in the workplace, <laughs> um, which is so funny because it's a man doing it to a woman. I mean, a woman doing it to a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't normally think of that um, in today's age. But so then after that instance, Joseph is wrongly accused and goes to prison. Is that where you want to hop in, Pastor Chris? I was, I was, I was going to want to fast forward all the way to Joseph's put into power, and his brothers mm-hmm. return, or oh, his brothers come it. to Egypt because Joseph had a plan, and it made Egypt a superpower mm-hmm. because of the famine in the surrounding lands and his strategy for 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 harvesting and storing. But when mm-hmm. Joseph's brothers hear about the fact that there's grain and there's other provisions in Egypt. 
and their father sends them, you know, they think Joseph's long dead. But when the brothers come, there's this really strange and drawn out encounter where he keeps his identity secret and he tests them multiple times and kind of sets them up and has them bring their younger brother, Benjamin, who would have been Benoiah. Yeah. And and has him put in prison for a little bit. And it's just such a weird encounter. And the question was brought to us, you know, why does Joseph quote unquote, mess with his brothers. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this is where some folks have said, well, okay, I think Joseph was bitter. I think Joseph mm-hmm. was upset. I think Joseph was maybe even still a little arrogant and he was flaunting his power over them. And if he wasn't, then, th- then why go through all this? Why not mm-hmm. just say, oh my gosh, guys, it's so good mm-hmm. to see you. You don't recognize me, but I'm your brother. Isn't everything wonderful now? Well, I, Part of me wants to think that, you know, if we go back to the earlier thought that Joseph was trying to win the respect of his brothers, uh, in in this instance, maybe he's just trying to figure out where they are. Like, are you still the same jerks mm. that sold me into slavery? Or you just come in here because you need grain and and everything is forgotten, uh, forgotten forgiven everything like that what's going to happen if you realize that i'm joseph are you gonna you know are you gonna kill me for real this time right i this is where i get into just those character up and downs Mm -hmm. and when we see joseph in prison and he's humble and he's hoping for a way out and he's probably spending a lot of time thinking and praying and he does the right thing to those that he's put in charge over. And then, because he interpret Pharaoh's dream and he's lifted to be in charge over much more, now I just wonder, is he as humble? He has this encounter with his brothers and he's not immediately just doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. He's just, I think he's going through an experience of emotion. I mean, yeah. he doesn't know how to feel when he sees his brothers and maybe there's some oh I'm going to test them or maybe there's some I need to send them away from me because I can't even comprehend how to possibly reconcile this relationship it's a true showing of human Mm -hmm. emotion that reconciliation when you've been hurt is one of the toughest things a human can go through especially Especially when it's from those that are closest to you. And and I think that's important for us because as followers of Christ, if if we are hearing his words and listening to what he says, reconciliation in relationship is a big part of Jesus' teaching. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus talks about worship, he says, if if you're going to the altar and the temple to offer your sacrifice. And you remember that there's something wrong between you and someone else. Put your offering down, go make that right. right. And then come back to worship. Mm-hmm. So the idea of how we flesh out reconciliation, what does forgiveness and acceptance look like? What does a relationship look like? Because certainly forgiveness doesn't mean putting yourself in a position for someone to, to harm you again and again. Absolutely. So is Joseph here making sure that he's not in this position? 
Or is Joseph, like you said, just just trying to figure out, look, this is emotional. I, I need I need space to process this, so you guys go away. But there does seem to be in this encounter with his brothers that this intentional sifting on his part. Like he 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 hides things with them, I think with the intention, like the silver and, and, and the chalice. Yeah. I think it's with the intention to see what are they gonna do. Yeah. Who who are they now? Because you don't words are cheap and you don't really know who a person is until they're put in a position to act mm-hmm. where they think they can get away with it. Right. Everybody'll do the right thing when people are watching. What are they going to do when they think they can get away with it? Right. Another interesting thing is it it gives Joseph the opportunity to extend them grace. Because surely he had it within his power like even though he framed them for stealing whatever you know with the right. stuff that he put in their bags he could have said well off with your head because i mean this is egypt it wasn't necessarily a friendly place right you know i actually find that interesting too kyle because i found it interesting that when he was wrongly accused pharaoh didn't just have his head cut off mm-hmm. um up to this point in the bible pharaoh's like the baddest dude that you'll see. And then obviously in the book of Exodus, we're going to see he's the total bad dude. So there's some sort of grace that was given from leadership to the accused. And then now from Joseph to Mm -hmm. his wrongly accused brothers. So we see this theme and it's interesting to me of the time between this again we have this time when joseph's in prison Mm -hmm. and how he's developing and then his brothers visit once and he keeps one brother like as ransom kind of and sends the others home Mm -hmm. and which i think is kind of a power move i don't know i think he's like he's having this moment of like gotta have some power and he keeps them and then there's another two years where Joseph is like well are my brothers gonna come back what are they what are they doing now is my father okay and then they do come back right we tend to read it like it happened the next day because we go on to the next verse right but but it didn't so you know Joseph keeping the other brother back I, I I wonder they were willing to abandon one younger brother Oh, yes. Did he want to see? Because because to me, that would be a real test of their character. Yeah. Is, okay, you abandoned a brother before, which was himself. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do when this one's in peril now? Are you, are you going to be the same people that you were? Or are you going to risk? Because they didn't know it's Joseph. So by coming back, they're risking themselves. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's finding out, you know, are you ready to put other people ahead of yourself Mm -hmm. and he could have had them punished by egyptian law but he also had the right to punish them to take vengeance upon them Mm -hmm. from what they did to him from his father's house oh absolutely so joseph had multiple layers there that he could have Mm -hmm. see i I, this to me this is a testing because he could have done so much more i mean he could have had them beaten and then said okay, now come on back in. And they couldn't have said boo about it. Right. Right. I don't I don't know if Joseph necessarily had the forethought to think all of that through. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. I think it was a combination of both, of not knowing how to feel about his emotions, 
trying to have some sort of power move and maybe I need to test my brothers and see if they've changed. But in all of it, we see these ups and downs and these hard times with family and that Joseph becomes very wise and mature through these life's hard experiences. And I sure don't know why some of these unjust things happen to him. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see that it developed him into the person that he's going to be when he does reconcile with his brothers. Right. And it's a, it's a very interesting parallel because he was unjustly sold into slavery. He was unjustly accused and put into prison. Uh, and And here he is unjustly accusing his brothers, mm-hmm. but then showing them grace. Right. And should we talk? <laughs> should we talk about that reconciliation when he it's, weeps? And it's a beautiful moment, I think. Um, yeah, he's using he's using a translator, so yeah. they so so they don't recognize and they haven't seen mm-hmm. him in a, a long, long time. Yeah, and, and he has to go off and and contain himself because 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 he doesn't want to break down in front of him and ruin what's going on. But then eventually. He says, uh, you know, internally, he says, all right, I, I can't do this. So he sends all the Egyptian people out of the room and he weeps and mm-hmm. reveals himself and says, I'm, I'm your brother. And they're terrified as they, as they should, should be. be. Yeah. Yes. See, I, see, I just I don't want to give these guys a pass. Right. These guys are the mm-hmm. worst. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, absolute worst. They're, they're, they're the worst. I mean, I've been angry with my younger brother plenty of times. Uh-huh. But not angry enough to throw him in a pit and sell him into slavery. Yeah. So they're terrified. And Joseph's words to them. See, again, so this is what shows me he's not got any bitter. He's not harboring resentment. His words to them in this moment are only words of grace, only words of kindness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's don't worry. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to do anything to you. As a matter of fact, yeah. he says, look, I know, I know you meant to do harm, but God used it for good. And because of it, I'm going to be able to do something great. Mm-hmm. You're going to be alive. Our father's going to be alive. Our family line is going to be spared because God used what you did, which when we ask the question, see Joseph's life and his experiences can lead to this question of, that everybody asks, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. Some people would say innocent people. Other people would say, well, none of us are truly innocent, but that, that, that's another podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the point of this, I think, things like this will happen to you, whether they're your fault or someone mm-hmm. else's fault or no one's fault at all. Yeah. Maybe the question we should ask, it's okay to ask why. Yeah, but maybe, absolutely. Maybe the bigger question, the more beneficial question is going to be, what good can come of this? Mm-hmm. What can I allow God to do through this, yeah. through me, in me, and through this circumstance? That's right. It's funny as you look at the picture overall, and I think about specific instances in my life where I've just been like, man, God, come on. Like, this too, Mm -hmm. you know? And you struggle because you try to do what's right and live right, and you feel like you're just taking one step forward and four steps back. 
And Joseph could have written the book on this. I mean, he could have written the book on being unjustly treated. Um, But God did turn it for good and a purpose. And I think about this, is that the alternative to him being sold to slavery and taken to Egypt and going through all these hardships would have been living in this dysfunctional family with Mm -hmm. brothers who hated him that might not have really been a good life at all. Living with your family that Mm -hmm. didn't like you. Mm -hmm. And even though maybe that's what he wanted, God knew that he needed a different life. And so we can just jump forward here to where Joseph is showing compassion. Mm -hmm. And in chapter 45, verse 5, Like you said, Pastor Chris, he tells his brothers, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. Mm -hmm. And I found this really interesting because as you keep reading, it says, God sent me here to preserve life, though there was a famine, Mm -hmm. that wasn't God's plan that you know, everyone be destroyed. But then he says again, and God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors, which reads kind of funny. And so if we go to the original Hebrew here and kind of look at this, mm-hmm. um, you're going to see an immediate thing that stands out on this preserve life because this is used many times, this verb. Um, what, preserve? No, life. It's almost uh, like to be made alive. Okay. The verb is um, hayach, and it has that like Hebrew in it. And Yep, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If we look, for example, all right, hold on. Let me get the exact verse so you can see what we're looking at here. 45, 7. 45, yes. 45, verse 5. And 7, yeah. And 7. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sent me before you to hayah, to cause, the verb is a hifil, the verb is a hifil, which is mm-hmm. a causative verb, like mm-hmm. to make something happen, to cause life. So, preserve life is kind of a weird translation, but it could Mm -hmm. make sense to cause or preserve life, Mm -hmm. to bring about life. And it's the same verb in verse 7. It's actually not. Wait, no, the preserve, yes it is. You're right. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Um, No, that's okay. But the translation says to keep alive. Uh But keep is a past tense, which is Mm kind of not ideal there because it's still that... To cause or to come about. It's not a past tense thing. It's like making happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is a verb that we're going to see that is used all throughout the Old Testament. When God makes things alive, he causes life. He brings about life. And the strong Mm -hmm. implication here is that when these, like when these circumstances happen, God is not reacting to the circumstances. God is not saying, whoops, I better do something. Uh Let me preserve it. Yeah. God's not a reactionary God. God has a plan. 
Mm-hmm. Now, it's right. Joseph's decision whether or not he's a part of the plan, which, mm-hmm. and, and the cool thing is that today, God has a plan, and it's our decision as to whether or not we're a part of the plan. Yeah. The, the plan's going forward. And we can be a big part of it. We we can be a Joseph in that. Mm-hmm. And God can use the things that happen to cause life, to bring about life, yeah. right. reconciliation, these other things. So I, I think that's a really good catch there on the verb and the tense because mm-hmm. it the implication of it is very strong that, that, that God is working, not reacting. Right. And we're a part of that plan as long as we choose to, well, I think we're a part of the plan either way. We just have the choice as to what side of the coin we're on. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. What where, what perspective are we going to take when we look at it yeah. right. and choose to react from it? And what scholars say is kind of the closing, I guess, meaning of this whole story at the end of the book, chapter 50, verse 20. And as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. And we have this same verb to bring it about that many people or most Bibles have a little footnote there that says Mm -hmm. a numerous people, which Mm -hmm. is really important because God's saying to bring about on a numerous people, his people, a singular one, Mm -hmm. like his Israelite chosen people. Yeah. That should be, again, my version says kept alive, but it's really Mm -hmm. that will be brought to life or made alive as they are today. And we see Joseph as this, um, you know, archetypal kind of Christ-like character where when he's talking to his brothers, he says, God put me here before you. To bring about life, despite the famine, life will be made through our family line. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see later on in the story that this coming king comes that despite in a land of famine and hardship and hunger and things where you, where you just feel like it's all going bad, that this Christ came to overcome that famine, but to bring life. And then... As it closes, he says, even though you meant evil, that God put me here to bring life despite our placement in Egypt. Now, that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. Because the next story is about Egypt. And God had to some way get these people to Egypt to have this big Exodus story and the deliverance from slavery. And he used Joseph to get his people there to mm-hmm. tell this story. So not only will God bring life in the famine, but God also came to deliver us from slavery to the world and to sin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that preaches, you well, know? Yeah, <laughs> it does. And uh, that actually kind of brings us to our natural conclusion here uh, for, for this week. Next week, will be, I don't know who's going to be joining me next week. I can't remember who's on the schedule, uh, but it's sure going to be a, another great conversation. Next week, we go into Moses and the Exodus, uh, which, you know, coming right on the heels of, you know, Jacob and Joseph and his brothers and the Israelites 
coming to Egypt, now we get Moses and, and we see more of God's plan coming in and, and, and beginning to, to come into motion or moving forward. So, it's going to be great. I hope you all enjoyed your time here this yeah, morning. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like talking about sibling rivalries and cool, awesome 90s bedazzled jackets or whatever jacket oh, right. you said. That's fun. <laughs> and, and my like word, it. My word should have been McClunky. McClunky. Uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going deep Star Wars there. Sorry. I love it. That's, what, that's what Greedo said to Han. Yep. Yep. Why he said that? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all, for watching. If you're watching, go ahead and subscribe. If you're listening, subscribe. Wherever you're consuming this content, uh, give us a comment. Let us know what you thought about it. Uh, we love getting comments to, to answer questions and we love getting you thinking and love getting you talking amongst yourselves about how God is moving in and through us by just the simple act of reading his words on a page or on an iPad or your phone or whatever. So YouTube, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify podcasts, Google podcasts, all those places. Do it so, all. Yeah, do it all. Uh, wherever you get your podcast information, make sure you subscribe and recommend us to your friends. And we will catch y'all next week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.